Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. I don't know about you, but I realise that promises are easily made, but they're also easily broken. Okay, let me just prove that. I'm going to prove it with three words. New Year's resolutions. Yeah, right? All right. So, if, but, you know, if you're anything like me, by like lunchtime on the 2nd of January, I've already busted whatever New Year's, New Year's resolution I've made. You see, promises are easily made, but they're also easily broken. You see, sadly, every one of us have broken uh, different promises that we've made. And we've experienced unkept and unfulfilled promises that have been made to us. And we're still waiting on promises that have been promised to us. But we aren't the only ones that struggle with broken and unfulfilled promises. And I don't know if that that speaks hope into your world this morning. that, That you know what, the promises that we've broken, the promises that have been made to us, we're not the only ones that wrestle with this. You see, that very first Christmas, that very first Christmas of all time, at the birth of Jesus, there was a group of people who had promises made to them. There was a young couple by the name of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and they were waiting on the long-promised baby that God had promised to them. There was a guy by the name of Simeon, and Simeon had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the promised Messiah that he he was promised that he would see before he died. And then there was Israel. Israel for 700 years had been waiting for the promised Messiah to come. And my kids think it's hard when they've got to wait a couple of weeks before Christmas in their present. For 700 years, the nation of Israel had been waiting. For 400 of those years was the season between the Old Testament and the New Testament, which we called the silent years, where there was no word from God, there was no move of God, and in the midst of it, they were still waiting for the promised Messiah. And instead, all they heard was crickets from God. But what we're going to do this morning, we're going to before we jump into the Christmas story, we're going to rewind 700 years before that very first Christmas. And we're going to look at the nation of Israel. See, the nation of Israel was in a time of trouble. And what they found themselves is, they found themselves with a king, and the king's name was Ahaz. And in that particular moment in time, Jerusalem, their capital city, their religious city, was surrounded by two kings and all of their armies. And in the midst of where they found themselves, King Ahaz was a little bit confident, a little bit cocky, and a little bit smug. Because he was sitting inside the walls of Jerusalem. And outside of the walls of Jerusalem were those two kings and those two armies. See, King Ahaz looked at himself, looked at the walls around him and said, you know what, I don't need God because I've got walls and I've got an army and I've got security. And he thought he was doing so well until the moment when he found out that a third king and a third army was on its way to besiege the, the, the Jerusalem city. And he got so desperate. See, remember, he, didn't need, he, did, he thought he didn't need God. And so what he did is he... he He sacrificed one of his own sons to his pagan god. I mean, clearly Ahaz here is not winning any father of the year contests. And yet here we find himself. And 
And here he, he's saying to his God, I don't need you. But God has compassion on Ahaz and God has compassion on his people. Because God sends a prophet by the name of Isaiah to King Ahaz. And as, as Isaiah comes, he comes to the king and he says, what I want you to know, king, is that, that God is with you, that God is for us, and that these nations and these armies won't prevail against us. And so Isaiah asked King Ahaz, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to just ask of any sign from God and he will show you to prove that he is with you and that he is for you. Now, King Ahaz really has an issue with pride. And so Ahaz is sitting there going, I don't need no God. I, don't need, I am a God. I mean, I am the king of Israel. I mean, God's one and only people. I'm, here I am, and I don't need any God. And so I don't need a sign from him. Because he realized. See, King Ahaz realized that if he asked a sign of God, and if he got the sign of God, his nation and his city would recognize that he and they needed help, and that he wasn't in control. Now, I know some of you are sitting here this morning going, Dave, that's incredibly interesting, but what at all has that got to do with Christmas? Well, let me just tell you what it's got to do with Christmas. Because the prophet Isaiah comes to King Ahaz, and he says these words, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, Isaiah 7, 14. He says this, And the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, Emmanuel. See, God wanted the nation of Israel to know. He wanted King Ahaz to know that even when he didn't, when, when they didn't want him, he wanted them. And that he wanted to know, he wanted them to know that although he might think he was good and clever, that God had a promise for his people and that God still has a promise for us today. But sadly, the story continues. The Ahaz ignores God, and he doesn't want anything to do with his God. And he, trusts in his, he doesn't trust in God's promises, but he trusts in the might and the army that, that he had, and he trusts in the walls that were surrounding his city. And the city fell, and Ahaz died. But the people of God remembered God's promise. That one day, a baby would be born. And that one day, that baby would be called Emmanuel. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited for 700 years. They waited. And then all of a sudden, we hear the name Emmanuel spring up in a conversation again. All of a sudden, in the midst of all the waiting, this name pops up again. But this time, Ahaz is no longer king. I mean, he didn't live that long. You know, Ahaz is no longer the king of Israel. And a lot has changed. And yet, so much is exactly the same. The nation of Israel is still waiting. But now we're introduced to a young couple. And the young couple, you may have heard of them. Their name were Joseph and Mary. And, and Joseph is looking forward to his upcoming marriage. And he's, he's, found a, he's found a wonderful young woman, and her name is Mary. And they're betrothed to be married. And, and, and in the midst of all of this, they now find themselves waiting and waiting and waiting for their big day. And now they're one year into their betrothed process. The process would look like this. They would engage or... or um, 
Joseph would propose to Mary, and then there was a one-year span between the engagement and the final wedding banquet. And this was such a serious and big commitment that the only way that you could get out of it was to seek a legal divorce. And during this time, this one-year period, an angel turns up to Mary and tells her that she's pregnant with the promised Messiah, but she's a virgin. I mean, how do you explain that? I mean, here she is, a virgin getting told that she's pregnant. She goes to her auntie Elizabeth to try and work it out. She finds that Elizabeth is also pregnant and with, with her promised baby too. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to open up to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 41. It says this. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside of her leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am, am I so favored that the mother of the Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You see, Elizabeth and Mary are both expecting their own babies. And they're looking forward to how their babies might, and no doubt they would have gathered together and kind of talked about how their babies would grow up together and they'd hang out together and do stuff. And maybe they'd go on family holidays. I don't know how it all works. You know, family holidays together and everything else. And they began planning and dreaming for the babies in their lives ahead. And tr but no doubt during this process, they began to have the conversations around, Mary, how are you going to tell Joseph that you are pregnant? And then Mary returns. And, and I don't know, I mean, the Bible doesn't go into great detail. In fact, it doesn't go into any detail about how that process worked. I mean, I wonder, I mean, Mary kind of, you know, went up to Joseph and maybe she was wearing some extra large clothes to try and, you know, find the fact that she had a slightly bigger tummy that last time he saw her. And I mean, I don't know how it all went. I mean, maybe it was something like this. Hey, 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 babe, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. You know, <laughs> the good news is this, I'm pregnant. But, um, 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 but it's, the, it's the promised Messiah, he's the son of God, and he's going to save the world. I mean, how many of you are thinking right now, just like I wonder how Joseph may have been thinking, if that's the good news, you're pregnant, it's not mine, but it's God's. I mean, if that's the good news, then what on earth could possibly be the bad news? I mean, what would you think? If your fiancé left town unpregnant, I, know, I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it, unpregnant, and comes back pregnant. I mean, what would you think? I mean, remember, you made a promise to each other. You made a public declaration in front of all your families and friends at, the, at, you know, at, at your engagement night that you would save yourselves, that you would be partners for life till death did you part. See, promises are easily made, but they're also easily broken, aren't they? I mean, I wonder how shattered Joseph must have been. I mean, he'd promised to her that he would remain faithful, that he would honor her, that he would, that he would wait for her. And right at the finishing line, now this. But then I wonder what it must have been like to be Mary. You know, here she is so scared. 
you know, scared about what, what, what might possibly happen. But she'd also made a promise to, to him, to be faithful to him and wait for him. And, and, and you got to remember, like, Mary didn't do anything wrong. And yet now she finds herself in a situation. The finishing line is in sight, but now this. See, promise is a really big word. It either makes something or it breaks something. Now, you've got to remember that, that the nation of Israel has been, has been waiting for 700 years for the promised Messiah to come. This promise of God that he would send his one and only son. I mean, I wonder how many times during that 700 years, I wonder how many times the nation of Israel went, you know, maybe God lied. Or maybe we just heard him wrong. Maybe he didn't say it was coming. Maybe he said, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe I wonder how many times they questioned and they doubted. I wonder how many times where they went. I'm just not sure if we can trust God and hold him in his word. And yet, we know, we know, we know that God is trustworthy. That God is faithful to his promises. And yet, we've been waiting a really long time. See, God never breaks his promises. See, it's amazing what God can do. It's amazing what God can do with our disappointments if we, rem- if, we, if we don't give up hope and we remain faithful. See, we, here we find this, this story that's kind of got, you know, it's intermingled multiple stories where you've got the prophet Isaiah, you've got Mary and Joseph, you've got Zachariah and Elizabeth, you've got Simeon, and here they all are waiting for their own individual promises. But they didn't give up. They didn't give up in the middle of their doubts, their wrestles, They didn't give up in the middle of all the challenges that they were facing. And in the middle of of Joseph's uncertainty, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And he says these words in Matthew chapter 1. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All of this took place to what? Fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I wonder in that moment, I wonder in that moment as, as Joseph wakes up in this dream and he sees the angel standing there and he hears those words echoing in his ears and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I wonder if he was reminded of the stories of 700 years ago about a different prophet at a different time. See, at that, at that time, the, the prophet comes And he tells a king who's fearful and scared of what's going to happen that there is a promise of hope to come. And now here's an angel standing in front of a young guy who's petrified, who doesn't know what to do and what next steps to take. All he knows is that he loves his his fiancée, but he's unsure of what to do. And yet the same God comes to a different person, still scared of what the future holds. But he comes with a promise. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. 
And his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, church, that's why the Christmas message is so important. It's why it's so life-changing and so life-transforming. That although promises are easily made, they're also easily broken. The Christmas promise is the fact that God kept his word. That God kept his word that he sent his one and only son. The most precious person he had. And he gave him to us that very first Christmas. That the promise of hope came down. The greatest treasure ever given. Hope was born that night in Bethlehem. And after all the promises that God had made, and on all the silence and the doubts and the questions and the fears and the worries and the, ang- and the anger and the waiting that led up to that first Christmas. Joseph could have been just like King Ahaz, who wasn't willing to wait and trust God. But Joseph was willing to wait and trust God. See, he put his faith in the, in the might, in the power of God, rather than what he could do. See, even though Israel was unfaithful to God, God was always faithful to his promises. And I love it because that still speaks to us today. Even though, even when we're unfaithful to God, even when we blow it, God is still faithful to you. That God is still faithful to his promises that he's put in your heart. That he's still faithful through his word to us today. And when Israel was tempted to give up waiting on God, an angel turns up in a backwater town to speak to Joseph living in his own world of turmoil. And the angel declared that his fiance, his wife-to-be, was the virgin who would conceive and give birth to a son, and they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, church, I reckon that maybe in so timely, maybe like than never before, it's a timely reminder that, see, so many of us have got unanswered prayers or we're tempted to give up on the things that God has been promising you know, in a world of ever, uncha- of ever unchanging circumstances, I mean, all we've got to do is just watch the news of this week's and the tragedies down in Tasmania and, and all the things that's happening around our nation. And we can sit there and go, go, does God still answer prayers? Because I've had some prayers, I've had some dreams that I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for, and yet they seem still unanswered. Well, I want to encourage us with three things from the Christmas story this morning. First thing is simply this, don't give up on God. See, Mary and Joseph did nothing wrong, did they? You know, in the whole Christmas story, you know, a, a virgin would give birth and be, to a son and he'd be named Emmanuel. You know, here was a couple that did everything right in the eyes of God, everything right in the eyes of their community. And yet, you know, here they are blameless and righteous. But they had some of their prayers unanswered. You see, we've got to understand that one of the challenges in our faith is this. We've got to wrestle with this, that we pray and sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. See, if we believe in a sovereign God, we've got to trust Him. God's eternal plans trump 
our earthly desires. See, I love Isaiah 55, 8, and it says this, My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. See, I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up on God. Second thing I want to encourage you this morning with is don't give up on prayer. See, the nation of Israel for 700 years, I mean, just think about that for a second. I mean, I'm 42 years old. I know I act like a lot less, and I look a lot older. Anyway, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think about what's happened in my short lifetime. Imagine waiting 700 years, generation after generation after generation after generation, and the promise is still un fulfilled and they prayed and they prayed and they believed and they believed and they trusted and they trusted and they prayed and they prayed and nothing seemed to change can i encourage you this morning don't give up praying see god's timing is always different to our timing i don't feel like me but i find that slightly frustrating because i think my timing is a pretty good timing and yet I always discover that God's timing is so much better than my timing. Okay. See, I, I, love, I love the word that, that the angel speaks to Mary in verse 31 of, uh, sorry, 37 of, of Matthew. And it says, sorry, of Luke. And it says this. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary was scared. Mary had just been told that she's pregnant, that she's a virgin, that she's not married. And to make it even more complicated, it was God's baby. And to make it even more intriguing... He was the promised Messiah that was going to come that people have been talking about for 700 years. And to her, the angel says, no word from God will ever fail. God had been silent for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They'd been waiting for the promised Messiah for 700 years. But God was just getting things ready. God was getting things ready for what he was preparing for the big finale, for, for what he was planning the whole way through for. And maybe God wants to say to you this morning, those promises that you, you haven't, come, haven't yet come about, that maybe God's still getting things ready. That maybe the things that you're waiting for and the pain that you're going through and the uncertainty of whatever looks like, that God's just saying, it's okay, I've got it in control and I need you to trust me. Don't give up praying. And lastly, keep trusting God. See, Mary got this. Now, Mary's far better than I am. Because put yourselves in Mary's shoes. How would you go about trusting God? Supernaturally, you've gone from not pregnant to pregnant and nothing's happened. You're not married. Like, how do you explain that to your best friends? How do you explain that to mom and dad? 
I mean, how do you have that kind of, how do you say that to Joseph? Hey, have that conversation to anyone. But Mary got it. She trusted God when it seemingly didn't make sense. When it, she was fearful of what Joseph and other people might say and what the consequences might be. But throughout it all, she trusted God. And this was her response to when she found out that she was pregnant. She says to the angel, verse 38, And I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. If I can invite the team up. See, we all know the last couple of years have been difficult. They've been hard, they've been complicated, they've been complex. There's been a great sense of fear and division and uncertainty. See, we've all seen the promises that the government's tried to do to slow and to stop COVID, and yet it still remains. And yet we've got to keep trusting that throughout it all, that God is still at work. There's sometimes when we don't see the full picture, that we can't see the whole picture of what God is doing. We've got to continue to stand in a position of faith and go, God, I don't get it. God, I might not like it. God, I'm scared. God, I'm uncertain. But my certainty is not found in that. My certainty is found in you. My certainty is found in that first Christmas. The hope came to the world. The hope came down. The greatest treasure ever given. And so that means that today, with everything going on, we can still stand firm. God, we might be scared. God, we might be uncertain. God, we're still waiting for that breakthrough in our, in our prayer. God, we're still waiting for that promise to come. But God, I'm trusting I realize that God is always at work through every situation. He always has been and He always will be. I mean, usually we read the Bible, we see story after story where, I mean, we cheat, we know the end of the story. The people living it didn't know the end of the story. They were living through the middle of the story. And no doubt, no, time and time again, we find people who question and struggled and doubt and feared and uncertainty. But they got to the point of going, God, God, I trust you in the middle of everything. See, God, when God makes a promise, God always keeps His promise. See, many of us are waiting here today. We might not be waiting for a baby. We might be waiting for a breakthrough. Waiting for a break in the turmoil. Waiting for a new season waiting for a fresh start, waiting for whatever it might be. But God wanted to remind Israel. He wanted to remind a young teenager, and God wants to remind us today, this Christmas season, that God gave us the greatest treasure ever given, the greatest gift to ever be offered. wants to tell us that we're not alone because Emmanuel God is with us we hope you've been blessed by this message 
If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.